Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 329. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we brace ourselves because we are less than a week away from the midterms. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I want to know what your election day plans are because mine include a post-vote cappuccino at my favorite coffee shop, and I will be preparing a special voting outfit, and I don't know what that is because it's like 70 degrees now in November. Uh, so, it, you know, but it's like I used to do this for the first day of school where I would like lay out an outfit and make the day special that way. Um, so I'm just kind of like borrowing from that first day of school energy for voting, folks. Today we're going to have a final midterms chat. We'll also talk about Twitter's possible demise, restoration, or sideways development and license plates. Should we be able to curse on them? And finally, five key things to do to make your relationship last. I am so excited for today's panel. One of the members of the panel is currently running late, as it were. But the other so just um, timely member of the panel who is just uh, oh my gosh, so punctual. He's one of the more punctual comedians. 
in the world of comedy. You've also seen him on uh, just fabulous turns on shows like Station Eleven, which if you haven't seen that, it's, I mean, he's remarkable. You may know him from shows like Arrested Development or Mr. Show or just like a ridiculously long number of just things that he's done professionally as an actor. But moreover, you may know him from his many, many albums and specials because he is a comedian, uh, a, a top-rate comedian. It is the one and only David Cross. Hey, David Cross. Hi. I, I, you might also know me from my uh, numerous appearances on Fake the Nation. <laughs> numerous appearances. Folks, you're a veteran of Fake the Nation, and you're not afraid to admit it, and that's what I like about you. Um... All right. Are you ready to get into it? Yeah. All right. And we're going to get into it without the second member of our panel. We don't know what's going on. I hope everything's fine. I'm sure it is. Um, but we will get into it. Topic number one. Okay. So candidates are making their final pitches to voters. And one weird and sad issue has come up, uh, which is that Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked by someone whose intention was kidnapping Pelosi and breaking her kneecaps. Uh, instead, he ended up hitting Pelosi's husband on the head with a hammer. Uh, it's horrendous. And... Um, you know, it's it's an issue that, that comes up now on the campaign trail in this last week. Uh, so I guess, what do you make of this, like, super weird event and how it's being talked about on the campaign trail? And I don't know, how should it be talked about? What do you think? Well, it's not an isolated incident. Um, I think that's the first thing that should be talked about. And uh, But if there's any good to come from it, perhaps we we can start regulating assault hammers, um, <laughs> passing legislation. But, uh, you know, there's there are mentally ill people out there uh, who could be pushed towards violence and violence for what they see as a righteous cause. Uh, and they are filled with misinformation, a combination of misinformation and righteousness and the sense that they're doing, you know, the Lord's work, God's work, uh, George Washington's work, I don't know. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, there's a there's a lot of people responsible for that, uh, that go way, way, way beyond the actual perpetrator. Yeah. So you think there's a direct link between rhetoric and stuff like this happening? I, I, I mean, if there was one or two or three examples, I would, you know, uh, maybe be skeptical about that, but there aren't. There are, uh, at this point, I mean, there's dozens. I mean, three guys tried to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Right. You know, somebody went up to the congresswoman from Arizona and shot her in the head. Gabby right. Giffords, you know, and uh, um, yeah, this isn't an isolated incident. And there'll be more. There'll be more. Um, I, and also, I want to point out, like, one thing, you know, there's a lot of, like, liberals are saying this and and, and, and conservatives are saying that. Um, there has been, you know, there. I think uh, Carrie Lake, I think, out of Arizona made a joke about it. Uh, it. You know, there's just, like, some unseemly rhetoric happening in the aftermath of this attack. And let me speak to that, because I saw that clip. Um, and... Prefacing this with, of course, comedy is subjective, of course, but yeah. the thing she said was so 
innocuous and nothing. She just made this comment about how, well, I guess there's not, uh, yeah, I'm paraphrasing it, but there's not very good security. You know, uh, it was something about security. um, Right, at her house or whatever in San Francisco. And it wasn't even a a joke, but people laughed so hard. They laughed so hard. And it really is, it betrays the maliciousness that they have because it's not that it's not like a moment where you're like oh shit oh wow you know that a uh, a good comic can, can yeah, bring yeah. forth where you're laughing about something like i know i shouldn't laugh at this but that's funny and it's an interesting take there was nothing there's no interesting take there's nothing very particularly funny certainly not clever about it but people laughed so hard it it just it just underscored the 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 cruel viciousness that that these people have and and the uh the masochism uh it was it was that was one of the most telling things about that to me was how hard they laughed yeah they laughed so hard at like and it felt like you know in a sitcom audience where where you're doing a live taping but they've been um primed by an like an opener uh, a warm-up comic, right? Well, and yeah, and if you've starts... ever been to a taping, you know that's probably anywhere from the sixth to twelfth take of the same exact right. joke. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. They will, yeah, you know, whatever yeah. Friends or whatever sitcom you All watch, of that. Big, yes. Big Bang Theory. That when you're watching that, that's anywhere from, you know, minimum they've done it four times, and sometimes they'll do it twelve, thirteen times because of different things, and it's the same. Delivery, same setup, same cadence, same pause, same everything, and then the laugh is yeah. It's at by the time you get to the fourth or fifth time you're doing it, it's just uh, it's you're just pushing some button in the back of your brain. Right. There's like a performative, like we're ready to laugh because it's our job to laugh kind of laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what that laugh reminded me of. It was so weird. Like they were just like waiting and ready to do it. Yeah. And that was also yeah. really upsetting to me. So, okay. So here's a question I have about like where we are with the elections right now. Like Barack Obama has been out on the, on the stump. Um, he's been ma- making some viral videos, uh, you know, kind of, um, there was a viral video about Social Security and Ron Johnson wanting to take it away from seniors who have, you know, who worked all their lives with chapped hands, you know, and this is the guy that wants to take it away from them. Um, what uh, one thing that I noticed isn't like so heavily emphasized uh, by by our buddy Barack is is um, abortion rights and reproductive rights. Do you think that um, that fight for uh, reproductive rights is like just like passe by now, <laughs> or where, where do you think? Doesn't do we feel like it's not moving voters? I, I I don't know what the fuck's going through there through the Democrat strategist mind. I mean, it's the same frustration that you or one would have uh, going back at least for me uh, to the Clinton era. This this whole uh, just pussy. Uh, you know, running everything through 92 focus groups and everything's a, a, a day later and a dollar short with the Democrats or uh, let's say 120 days late and $60 billion short. I mean, they're, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't get inside their head. I think they're so insulated. They just don't have any idea. And they're people whose paychecks depend on, you know, stringing this kind of thing out. And, uh, 
I, I don't know why people aren't and haven't been just from the get-go going that, I mean, they're going to take your social security and Medicare away, your right to a uh, safe, free abortion, and just hammer that all the time and show them the Republicans' words. They, and and they, I don't know why they haven't been doing that since the 90s, but I mean, here's what they said they're going to do. And it's going to happen. They've proven they're not. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. Not, these guys, there's no reason for them to pull any punches at this point. That's their base. They're speaking to their base. They're, they're the hedging with, I mean, it's literally the only good thing about the MAGA extremists and, and Trumpism is it, you can't straddle both lines anymore. People have tried to do it and it doesn't work. So just, Tell, tell people, this is what they're going to do. And forget about the subtleties, uh, all, all, although they're correct about, well, the Republicans uh, for you know several generations, uh, uh, the long-term goal is to privatize uh, education, and that's what uh, charter, uh, you know, that's what charter schools are about. And they want to take funds that are meant for public education and transfer them. Uh, to private education, that's been the long-term goal for, and as stated, for 30... It, forget that. Nobody gives a shit about that. <laughs> I mean, just t- give them... Just give them the raw meat that, the like, the Republicans are doing, but just fire up the people who... I, I, I don't get... I, I mean, you know, the Democrats are just so, once again, just feckless and, and again, day-late, dollar short. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Here's my okay. Let me ask you. You are from Atlanta, am I right? Yeah. Um, tell me, as someone who is from there, what might move voters in Atlanta? Especially, I mean, we have two really crazy races going on yeah, there. It's right not now. about the Atlanta. It's and, not about Atlanta. Or you just the, go you know, out, to Georgia in general. Yeah, you got to go out to, uh, you know, to the past the suburbs, the edges of the suburbs where it starts mm-hmm. getting rural, go out there and just, you can't reason with people who watch a, a barely literate uh, hypocrite who's, who's demonstrated his hypocrisy every time he opens his mouth and, and say, well, are, don't you see the hypocrisy of, of if you're for uh, abortion rights, but this guy's had and paid for several abortions, and he's lying about this and his his abandoned kid. They don't care. They just don't care. It's about Jesus. It's about commies. It's about uh, I I don't know how to fight that rhetoric. I don't know. I, I mean, twenty years ago, pre Fox, sure there was yeah. a way to do it, but I don't know what that way is anymore. And I there's the well has been so poisoned. I, I don't have an answer for that, but I, you know, for me, the answer is and, and has been for a while is just play to your base. Don't worry about those people. Don't worry. They're lost. They're lost. Their own kids. Their kids can't. Their children. What do you think you're going to do in a 15 second ad that you're that their children and pa- you know, with passion, pleading with their their parents and grandparents can't do. Yeah, yeah. What well, do you think I they're mean, gonna do? Just fucking I- do. <laughs> play to the the to your base and strengthen yeah. it. 
Yeah. That I think is great. The other thing I want to say, well, there's a couple of things I also want to say in terms of like playing to your place. I read a really delightful story. If I can share something that's like that felt rather uplifting about the Culinary Workers Union in Nevada. They have 60,000 members. Those members make an average of $26 an hour. Um, the job, their jobs come with health insurance, free training for career advancement, even help in making a down payment on a home. Um, well, their 60,000 members have an incredible amount of political clout, which is what has made Nevada into a swing state. So that kind of thing, when you're talking about like focus on your base, those are your base. Those are the people they've got like they're they're union workers. They're very oh, yeah, happy with course. their union. Absolutely. Like those are the types that's Is like, it time to do- whip out my Bernie would have won Because uh, <laughs> he would have. You've been waiting. You have been waiting this whole time. Okay, well, before we um, uh, take a break to hear about our sponsors, I just want to do a quick segment of Races to Watch. Um, we got a message from that's electoral contests to watch. We got a message from Robin from Tennessee wanted us to share a race that's driving them crazy in Tennessee's fifth. It used to be a very diverse and reliably democratic district. It was heavily gerrymandered. Now there's a Trumpy candidate. Uh, one Democrat and like three independent candidates running. The Democrat who's running is Heidi Campbell. So if you're interested, if you live in the Nashville area, your district may have been redistricted. So look into that. Heidi Campbell might be your candidate and look into her uh, people, folks in the Nashville area in Tennessee's fifth. And I don't remember who sent this, but uh, the Democratic nominee for Virginia's 5th District is Josh Thronberg. The 5th District also has a really weird map. It doesn't benefit Democrats. The opponent is a dude named Bob Good. And according to this person who sent it to me on Instagram, sorry, I don't remember your name. He wrote, he is anything but good. Um, And literally every kind of phobic and racist you can imagine. So please look at instead Josh Thronberg. Josh Thronberg in Virginia's fifth. Um, as a New York State resident, on your behalf, I want everyone to remember to vote as New York State residents for governor because the Kathy Hochul race is a little too close for comfort for me. So please um, please uh, take a very strong um, and uh, enthusiastic look at Kathy Hochul for governor of New York State. She is our current governor as well. And if you need more resources, go to Vote Save America. Go to the Movement Voter Project. If you have a couple of extra dollars you want to throw into the to a race, the Movement Voter Project takes it to local races um, and local boots on the ground efforts that really need it. You can look at Vote Smart if you have questions about your ballot or Ballotpedia if you have questions about your ballot. There's so many ways to figure this shit out, but everybody's just got to vote and, and, and rile up your bases, whatever they are, of your friends. Do what you got to do. We will take a quick break. And when we come back, me and David Cross will continue chatting. I am the type of person that has subscribed to things and I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app. And I didn't know that I was paying twice for several 
months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and rocket money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We are back and we're ready for topic number two. The takeover is complete. Elon Musk now officially owns Twitter. It went from being a publicly traded company to being the company of a dude who happens to be the richest man in the world. Uh, there are some ideas that are on the table, like firing half the staff or um, charging for the blue check mark. So that's my first question to you, David Cross. Would you pay money to keep your blue check mark on Twitter? Well, I, I mean that—that's hardly the issue. It's—it's, uh, it's, <laughs> you know, uh, the idea that you can just pay to get verified completely ne- negates the idea of verification, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it. it yes. The idea was like, hey, I'm. Uh, it was initially because people were just putting these fake accounts together, like, uh, you know, it's why I have three S's in my Twitter handle. Because there was another David, you know, somebody had a fake David Cross thing, and and you know, so I got that with the blue check. But it's about, and I'm nothing. I mean, you know, people like Kim Kardashian or or whoever, you know, uh, they got checked so that you would know that it's verified by Twitter that it's the real person. But if you can just buy anything you Go want for buy eight it. bucks, oh, yeah. <laughs> then what's what the point? The it's point? not about eight dollars, and that's also not gonna 
give him the revenue he needs. He needs to make a billion dollars a year. He has a billion dollar above everything else a loan that he he uh, uh, took out that he has to pay down a billion dollars every year. And yeah, and so the, the interest on the an- loan, he overpaid for this thing, and then the interest on the loan is a billion dollars a year, which is. It's a ton of money and I'm, you know, and yeah, and and like the first idea that's, you know, that, that was leaked or whatever is this like pay $20 a month for verification, which is crazy. And also, let's say it made sense. Let's say somehow that made sense. I would literally never in a million years give $20 a month for a blue check, like fuck the blue check. Um I mean, is there, I don't know, do, has, has your particular relationship with Twitter changed over the years? Like, I think mine, I used to find it more of like a fun playground of jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of went to see what the like right. joke on a on a news thing was. And I used to love looking up what comedians were saying. And then at some, and I would try and get in on the action and write a joke, you yeah. know. But I totally stopped doing that. It's just fe- has felt like way less fun uh what has your relationship been and is it something you might let i got into it really really late i didn't really get it or see the point uh or just want the yet another distraction or and or a waste of time i had plenty of those already so but it was explained to me in no uncertain terms by a number of people who are right like it's a marketing tool so if you want if you're going out on the road and you want people in Indianapolis to know you're coming, that's the way to do it now, as opposed to the old school way yep. where I guess there was radio and print ads or whatever it is. Like that's gone. So now it's social media. Okay. Uh, so I did that, even though I didn't, I wasn't that into the idea of like maintaining the, you know, building my numbers and stuff like that. Right. Um, and then I found it pretty quickly. And I had some missteps in the beginning, like, oh, I didn't know you're not supposed to say that. Or I thought, I didn't know what the parameters were, I guess. But then it became this morbid curiosity, too, with with just awful people saying awful things. And it's yeah. distressing and it's depressing. Um, I would be a better person if I was off of it. Um, I'd probably be able to uh, spend more quality time with my daughter, you know, and not uh, <laughs> uh-huh. have that shit in the back of my head yeah um, yeah yeah and i i gotta be honest i've uh, refreshed twitter in front of my daughter and i'm not proud but it's happened yeah uh it's it's bad it w- i'll be a better person to get rid of it i'm a little reluctant because i know i've got a tour coming up in the spring and i know people are gonna go no you can't get rid of it but i could certainly get off of it uh, and only right. use it for those purposes. In fact, that's what I should do. I should actually just delete it from my phone and then re... Can you do that? If yeah. If you delete gonna, something, you, you can re-put just... it back on, right? Or, you you know, there's, there's a, a thing I've been toying with, is which is like deleting things like that from my phone and only using it when I'm on my laptop, like it's work. Yeah, I mean, I never <laughs> use it on my on my computer, but I mean, it's on my phone. I'm, you know, I'm on the plane. I'm in a, on a train. Right, 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 right. I th- I think like in I think 
especially when you're doing a lot of business travel, like to me, I look at like those social media things as like when I'm doing business travel. Yeah. You I know, do it a I, lot. it's like yeah. my, it's yeah, exactly. Like it, I'm just like, Oh, but I'm a, I'm a lonely and yeah. this makes me feel less alone, you know, but it doesn't, it actually probably makes me feel more horrible. And I should just yeah. like read a book. But, um, the interesting thing about the idea of like a mass exodus movement from Twitter is that stuff like hashtag delete Facebook or delete Uber. I don't know if you remember those two mm. moments. They didn't like quite work. I mean, they maybe like put a dent in in operations that were then quickly recover. They recovered from those things pretty quickly, I think. I mean, Facebook has been on a sort of slow decline. Um, but there isn't like a, a thing where like something just everyone agrees like, oh, you know, Elon is here. Let us all leave. Like, that doesn't seem to be something that would like happen. I guess the do we have a problem as a society leaving social media platforms? Is it just this like constant fear of missing out of what the party that's still going on? Oh, probably. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for 350 million Americans, but uh David Cross, that is what you're here to do. Right. You're here to speak for 350 million I mean, there's a, a very addictive quality to it. It's something they've researched and studied and uh, have figured out how to apply that. It's, you know, similar to gambling in a way. Uh, and and so that's part of it. And I'm, I'm certainly susceptible to it. I find myself one more scroll, one more, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Elon, let's see what, what you do with Twitter and how much money you lose in the process. It'll be very I interesting to watch at the very least. Let me ask you about this weird thing that's happening in Maine. So Maine is going to ban vulgarities from vanity license plates. Apparently there was a rash of these uh, bleeping vanity plates when the government um, eliminated its review process. But now they're recalling all those plates. The Secretary of State, Shenna Bellows, is, a, is passionate about free speech um she's also the former director of the aclu of maine but she said obscenities should not be on license plates because they're state property so um what do you think uh are your free speech sensibilities offended by this ban on vulgarities in nope. uh in maine no nope. you're no, into it not. i'm not into it i'm there my free speech sensibilities are not offended <laughs> Uh, it's also funny because just like, hey, Maine, what did you think was going to happen when you decided to eliminate the review process? Well, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like Twitter writ small, right? You got rid of the thing yes! and then, uh, everybody's, uh, you know, gleefully posting the N-word and, you know, anti-Semitic stuff. Like, yeah, that's what happens. Yes, that's, that's like what happens. Um, although I and I would I, I want to say this is one of those weird things where the rage online has then spilled over to the analog world of license plates because, uh, you know, I don't feel like license plates were, it, I don't feel like people had a burning desire to curse on, on <laughs> exactly. vanity plates before this. You know what I mean? Yeah. This probably. feels like a very 2022 issue. And it made a lot of people go, oh, wow, I can do that. <laughs> right. Um, so ridiculous, folks. Do you, I, and I also want to just say, 
I don't know. Sometimes I look at a vanity license plate and they're usually, I would say, by and large, corny. Um, look, I live in New York City, so I don't like notice them usually. But when I'm in California, I, I do notice uh, a vanity plate, you know, and it'll be like, like, mom forever, or like something about being a mom or loving a kid or like really, you know, like bananas. Like it'll usually be something that's like kind of an <laughs> yeah. inside joke to that person. I love the bananas like one. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And I just think. How much money are states making from these vanity plates? Like, do we need the money? Maybe we just say you can't do it. Everyone has to take a boring set of numbers. Uh, I don't know. Like the uh, like, if you can't, you know, if and if it's not legitimately funny, I'm gonna say there should be a board of comedians or something that like determine if a license plate. Uh, make sense for a broad audience and that is maybe how we do it oh, I, don't I don't know, know i'm just throwing that, it out Megan. there for the state of I maine i don't know about that <laughs> yeah. uh, they, well, they, they might actually be more offensive if if uh not a good <laughs> if idea if a band of comedians were to determine what can be and not be on a vanity plate all right folks let me know what you think about vanity plates such a dumb issue but i did think it was fun that maine had a problem Maine had a problem with the vanity plates. They had to then solve it. Or now they can, maybe they can go back to like, I don't know, hunger. All right, let's move on to topic number three. Relationship therapist Dr. Emily Jamia posted a TikTok about five key things every couple should avoid if they want their romance to last. David, I'm just going to tell you what she uh, said in the in this TikTok. She suggested couples wait at least a year to get married. What do you think of that one? How long did you wait? Because I waited, I, I mean, we waited a lot more than a year to get married, but we only waited four months to move in together. Uh, so where are you on how long people should wait? Oh, yeah. Those are two totally different things, though. Uh, personally speaking, I always waited as long as I could before I even uh, acknowledged that my girlfriend was my girlfriend, um, or that we were in a relationship, uh, you know, but, uh, I think I would say for sure, wait a year to get married. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you, if you can, if you can yeah. wait so four months, you can wait like... a year, it's fine. And, uh, um, and can I know, ask you how long you waited before you acknowledged your girlfriend as your girlfriend? With my wife, it was uh, different, and it was immediately different, and that's kind of how I knew uh, that it was the right. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm I'm old, and uh, you know I had a bunch of relationships prior, and just when something changes like that, you know, you listen to it, and we're s still together. We've been married over ten years, and together for fourteen years. Um, and, you know, never apart either. I mean, once, and we were, it was very quick. Once it kind of happened, it was, she was basically moved in, but this is in New York. She also had a place in LA and we would be apart a bunch because of our, uh, because of work, our work. Yeah. So it was a little easier than, you know, there was no sense of like, Hey, I'm, I can't pay my rent. Can I move in with you? Or there was no sense of like, um, you know, uh, you know, we're out in the kind of a, a rural suburb and, and there's not a lot of options. So it was just easy for that to happen. And, um, and normally I would have 
if things were a little different, I would have said, no, no, let's, uh, let's not, let's not do that right now. But, um, it just made sense. It felt right, felt right to her, felt right to me. And, uh, and obviously we were correct in our feelings. Um, but I for sure would say, I mean, I would say that to a friend, you know? Yeah, totally. Like I, if I met yeah, somebody, yeah. you know, I met somebody, she's really great, and we've been seeing each other for a couple months now, and I think we're going to get married. But like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have to go through <laughs> at least four seasons with this person. You got to right, know right, what they're right, like right. in the winter. All right. What are they like in uh, <laughs> mid January? Right? Also, like, what is it? What are they like when you are so tired you need a vacation, but then you find out that person doesn't even like to travel or something yeah. like that? Like, there needs to be a couple of like. And what are you shifts. like? You have to find out what you're like with her or him, you know? Yes. Yes. You have to find out about yourself as well. Um, I actually, it's interesting. Um, I had a tortured relationship for like four years before the guy I married. And that was one of those things where I was like, where I, it took me a very long time to be outwardly be like, this is my boyfriend. Hello, I am introducing you to my boyfriend. Like I had a very hard time saying boyfriend for a long time. And then I had a really hard time, um, like saying, I love you. And it's like, all of those things were pretty good indications that it wasn't a right fit. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, like it shouldn't be that difficult. But, uh, that said, when I met my husband, we, it was just very clear. And I remember telling my friends, like, look, um, me and Jason are going to move in, but don't worry. Like, I think, you know, I I think it's the right time. And everyone was just like, oh, yeah, you don't need to give us the speech. We agree. He should definitely move in. This is the guy, you know? And it was Mm -hmm. like, it was great to get that validation from friends, too, because they are seeing something. If you're willing to hear them, they're like seeing something that you might not see in in a a lot of situations. Yeah. And they Uh, know they know you when you think you're serious. They know you when you're pretending to be serious. They know when you... They know you when you aren't even aware you're pretending to be serious. They've yes, heard the yes. same things over and over again that you might not even be uh, aware of. And yeah, your friends are good uh, judges. Barometers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so another thing that this relationship therapist said is, um, okay, now uh, this I might be controversial and it may be a little cheesy, but continue to have date nights years down the line, she says. I think that's important. That makes sense. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's the simplest thing you can do to not uh, take for granted your partner and get into that thing. I mean, it's not like you have to have a, you know, hot air balloon romantic (laughs) helicopter ride over the city kind of thing. But yeah, you should. Right. You should make time for that for sure. Absolutely. That's more of a. A chick thing. <laughs> That's why it's cheesy. I find it there's a, like an embarrassment to and just the word, the term date night. I also just like take issue with. It feels. I like, get it. So I totally cheesy. get it. I. It's it's cheesy also because it's sort of forced and it's an obligation right. and it's you've yes. got to mark it on the calendar. But believe me, when you get in those, uh, and you you have kids, right? I have a kid, yeah. Yeah, it's one, even one more so. When you have a kid, you've got to take a little bit of time. It's fucking one evening, for fuck's sake. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yes, you, and, and you can't be grumpy about it and go, oh, I got to go out with my wife. It's date night. <laughs> Stop that. You can't do that. You have to just go, this is for her, or she right. goes, 
this is for him or whoever your partner is. And, yeah. uh, and it's, it's about you as a, as a unit, you know? Yes, absolutely. I, um, I, uh, uh, interestingly, like, so the one, so my way of like avoiding calling something date night is also like, I get excited. Like I just got us tickets for LCD sound system. Mm-hmm. Um, cause guys, I am a fan and, and that is, is an event that we shall be going with together, but not calling a date night. Um, and, uh, so, you know, just like, also don't forget that there are things that you guys used to do that you enjoy doing, like, and still do those things, yeah. you yeah. know? Um, I actually, I have these friends and this is, this is big for, I think people that have kids. So I have friends that have, um, kid age, same age as mine. Uh, three and a half, who have never hired a babysitter. They have been with this wow. kid every night of the three. And I'm like, I actually worry for you too. Like you definitely need to leave. What about in-laws? What about uh, anybody? Yeah, they've done like a couple of hours here and there, but they haven't done like couple a couple hours. Yeah, <laughs> like that. <laughs> haven't done a meaningful, like a, out on a Friday night or whatever. No. Oh, that's crazy. Not. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. I don't I mean, know why think- you would, I don't know why one would, do that like willingly i don't know do they think they're look gonna make a you, super you, kid or something or you what? must you must know parents that are intense about like not leaving their kids ever or like not you know never having a babysitter or like just like i no, n- absolutely like no not i do time, not know no anybody who doesn't have <laughs> some form of uh you know Release. even if it's just in-laws or or uh, relatives no right. that's that's uh or a babysitter? That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I've given. I've actually given them a list of babysitters. But but I'm serious. <laughs> what is their reasoning? Is it a? Is it like we don't want to? Uh, we don't want to leave our precious baby. They're worried that the babysitter is gonna. I don't know. Do something horrendous and. Oh well, that's on them. That's cr- that, then that's like a, yeah. a. You know, they're they've got issues that are. They've got some serious issues. Yeah. <laughs> You they know. need to go see this relationship therapist. But it's not even about uh, that. If you think that everybody that you're that may camp come into a, you know, a 10 foot radius of your child might and potentially harm them, then what are you going to do? How how can you live your life like that? No, it's tough. It's t- that's yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm not saying like grab a stranger off the street and give him 20 bucks going, "Hey, can you watch a kid for a minute? I want to <laughs> I want to go out and get some sushi." You know, I'm not saying that, but you Surely there's yeah. somebody reputable yeah. that can yeah, no, whatever. Totally. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um folks, I wanna thank David Cross for being the one and only panel member. I'm so sorry you had that mis- mishap mistake. We had a mishap. And you know what? It's it's okay because you are so gosh darn remarkable. Thank you so much for doing the show. I would love for people to follow you and all the stuff that you do. Where do you where can they find you? Uh you, the best thing to do actually uh is go to my website which is officialdavidcross.com and that'll have all the um that's everything all in that website and it'll have information on my upcoming appearances and stuff i'll be in baltimore on friday i'll be in cambridge on sunday i'll be in toronto chicago and minneapolis the following week and then except (laughs) all uh all shows are sold out so suck it Um, (laughs) why you're just like teasing people (laughs) yeah you're right as i was saying that i was like oh wait but uh 
I Literally will... all of those shows are sold out. There isn't one city that needs that has a couple tickets left. I don't think so, no. You um, know what? You're but, uh But in spring, I'll be going out on a on a much bigger uh tour in spring. That's what this little mini tour is getting me uh prepping ready for. you. Yeah. Nice. So you can, if you go to officialdavidcross.com, that is all the info info. Do yourselves a favor and and see this guy live. I have. It is so fun. He is so excellent. Um, I uh, also wanted to just remind listeners that protesters in Iran are still fighting for a revolution in Iran. That is a these are women led uh, protests. And they're not backing down. It's, we've passed the 40-day mark of mourning for Massa Amini. I know we've talked about it on the show before, but I just want to keep reminding listeners that this is still going on. And one of the best ways to kind of help Iranians is by just not forgetting that this is going on and by, you know, mentioning it on your feeds. Um I'm joining up with at least one restaurant and hopefully a couple on this cook for Iran, hashtag cook for Iran. Um uh, movement, which is basically trying to get play- restaurants to to have a dish or something where, you know, a moment where they sort of recognize in their restaurants what's happening in Iran. Um, and so uh, so tune into my social medias, my Elon Musk owned social media feed uh, for for the Cook for Iran stuff that I'll be doing um, and uh, and hopefully support that. You could also go to the Center for Human Rights in Iran if you want to make a donation. Amnesty International has a petition. Um, there's a lot you can do. And, and just uh, quickly, what do you think of this woman-led revolution uh, in Iran, David? Oh, it's amazing. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, there's heartbreaking news, uh, on a daily basis. And I just, I hope it's not another, you know, Tiananmen Square moment where you, everybody's, the world is gathered around going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is going to really happen. And then it's crushed. So I I hope it's not that. God, I mean, fuck me too. And like the, the information I get from people I know in Iran, it's like, you know, from what I hear, there is a lot of, um, murder right of yeah. protesters like that yeah. is definitely happening yeah. it's happening at very young uh, age groups i mean you know because a lot of the revolutionary fervor is kind of like on university campuses and school campuses so there's a lot of um stress on those places and a lot of like fear parents are in you know in fear teenagers um so yeah so it's a really really horrendous situation which is at the same time really remarkable because they're not backing down. So um, Mm -hmm. just like really impressed with them. Um, All right. And you know where to find me and all the things that I do. A special thanks to our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire, our fantastic audio engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Our theme music is by Gobby Alter. Special thanks to Emma Foley in the studios at HeadGum. And thanks to everyone at HeadGum. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.